gentlemen, America, how are you? I am Terry, and this is the Terry Wilkerson Show. My show, my rules, my way. Today is, of course, Father's Day here in the United States, and uh, I, I don't know about the rest of the world because I don't really pay a whole lot of attention to the rest of the world's holidays, but right now, like I said, it's Father's Day here in the United States, and, um, you know, my dad has been gone since 1997, since September of 97, passed away due to cancer, and I won't lie, there, there hasn't been a day that has gone by that something hasn't reminded me of my dad. Um, quick background, I was adopted, and my dad was around 6'5", 265, 275, you know, somewhere in that area. He, he was just a, I remember him being just this brick house of a human being. And uh, when my dad would lose his temper and, and get rough, you know, things would get rough, but that's, I say that's the way people from his generation were raised, but unfortunately we have a lot of people right now who call that an excuse. Well, I, I'll, I'll get in. I'll get into that in a little bit. But by the time my dad was gone, by the time he passed away, he was maybe 160, 170 pounds. I mean, he the the cancer really destroyed him, and uh, I, I was lucky enough to be there at his bedside when he passed away. Uh, so was my well, my grandmother was there. Uh, my sister, Beth Ann, was there, and um, Beth, if you're listening to this show, of course I remember, you know, remember it like it was yesterday. And um, my brother was not able to make it, but um, my mom, my grandma, my sister, myself, and my Uncle John were all there when Dad passed away. And if you've never sat next to somebody and held their hand while they they passed away, then I... I I, I, I pity, I, not pity, I envy you because it's not something I would ever want to repeat. I mean, obviously there are people in my life that I'll be there in that scenario if I'm still around. I just didn't think, you know, my, my dad was one of those guys you thought would never die. He was just, uh, he's a myth in my head. I guess that's the way to put it. And there hasn't been a day that's gone by that I haven't had some sort of thought about my dad and the way he did things and the way he raised me. And I mean, even people who know me really well, I mean, hell, even members of my own family don't really know the whole story behind the way I grew up. I mean, there's this uh, idea, there's this um, presentation, I guess you would call it, of the way I grew up. And just so some people out there who may think that I had it like super easy. And I'm not saying I didn't have it easy. I did. You know, my mom and dad worked their asses off for me, got me whatever I wanted. They did everything they could for me. But there were lessons along the way and there were times along the way where even as, you know, as, as a kid, I was thinking, why in the fuck is, is dad doing this to me? Why am I going through this? Why is mom doing this to me? Why is grandma doing this to me? But now that I'm an adult, now that I'm I'm 45 goddamn years old, and now I just kind of sit back and go, I understand why. It was to make me a stronger man. It was to make me a stronger person. And I, I got a text this morning from my 17-year-old son saying, Happy Father's Day, and that, that made my day. I uh, was kind of hoping for it, but I wasn't going to put the bank on it. 
So, I mean, my son uh, is is the world to me. I, d- I don't care what anybody says. I know there's people out there who uh, <laughs> have issues with me and who think that somehow um, I was a bad father. So, you know, that that's your opinion. I, I know the truth. I know what happened. I know what I did. And I know that I... I've tried to be the same type of dad my dad was to me. In in a lot of respects, obviously there are certain things, and uh, I'm sure if my brother Todd was still with us, he passed away. If my uh, sister Sherry, who also passed away, was still with us, uh, I'm sure if they had the opportunity, they would agree that dad had a tendency to handle things in certain scenarios in perhaps the wrong way. But he was old-fashioned. And before, again, you say, well, that's just an excuse. No, I'm I'm personally, I'm not going to speak for my brother or sisters, but that's, personally, I'm glad that's how he was because it it saved my ass in a lot of situations. So I, I try to be the kind of dad my dad was, which was a, a caring yet straightforward person. You know, the the life lessons that I tried to teach my son, and, and I haven't been in his life as much as I wanted to be for the last 10 years, and that's an extremely long time. Uh, 10 years, I'll never get back. I don't know if I'll ever be able to to make up for that. But the lessons I tried to give my son were the same. I tried to give him experience in the outdoors. I tried to give him experience with the old-fashioned... You remember... Those who are my generation, when you were kids, you would do something really stupid and your dad just let you do it because then you would learn not to do it again. That's what I was trying to do when I was in my own son's life. And um, I like to think that it made an impact early on and hopefully it still does. If he ever, I know my son doesn't listen to this show and I, I don't know if anybody in his particular circle does, but I do need to take a second to say, yeah, it, it's Father's Day and all, but. If it wasn't for my son being, one, being born, and two, being the, the, the just amazing kid he is, there would be no point for Father's Day for me. So he texts me, Happy Father's Day. Well, thank you for giving me a reason to be a father. And uh, I miss you every day. I just want I want him to know that if he ever hears this, this episode. So anyway... Uh, and I'm sorry with the awe and the, I, I did absolutely no show prep today. I know I normally don't, but honestly, Father's Day is kind of a rough day for me for the reasons I just outlined. Um, I, I went out this morning, just got a, uh, my lovely fiance, Carol, got me a bland, uh, brand new fly rod from Cabela's. And I went out this morning and was doing some fly fishing and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, sidebar, sidebar, any any of you guys out there who are fly fishermen, um, I remember when I would just spin fish. It was easy to have an earbud in to be able to listen to a podcast or be able to listen to some music or something. It's a lot more difficult to do that when you're fly fishing. And I've come to learn that you need to use all of your senses when you're throwing a fly line. It, far more than you need to use them when you're throwing a spinning line. It's a whole different world. You need to be attuned to everything. Sight, sound, smell, you know, touch. You you need the hearing, obviously. You need to be a, 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 attached to everything. 
So I go out this morning. I spent the morning out fly fishing for a while, and then uh, we ran some errands. You, you'll probably notice I've kind of – one of the changes I made to this show is I, I started talking about myself, and there's reasons for that. I'll get into down the road. You know, um, like the last episode I talked about my lack of faith for so many years and how I have no idea where the hell I'm at right now. But I go fishing, we do our errands, and now I'm sitting here – I was watching the Yankees game earlier, and, and last I checked, the Yanks were actually up 2-1. They were down one nothing, because this Mania kid is, for Oakland, this kid is phenomenal. I mean, he's, I guess he was Oakland's number one prospect. You know, and yeah, we'll get to sports in a little bit, but he was, you know, r- just running the Yanks over the coals, and then they ended up getting two runs and taking a lead. So I'm sitting here watching the Yankees game. I had myself a beer. And decided, all right, it's time to go ahead and record an episode because it's been, I believe, two, excuse me, two weeks. That's the beer reminding me that it's there. Folks, there is one, though this whole little uh, rigmarole to start out with here was to bring up a point. Um, <laughs> there is... Still, there are still fathers in this country. There is still a need for Father's Day. But too many people on all sides of the political spectrum have basically taken a giant shit on Father's Day. And honestly, it pisses me off because there's not a human being walking this planet that would be here if it weren't for a father. Now, I'm not taking anything away from Mother's or Mother's Day. I I, I don't personally celebrate Mother's Day because I think it's become an overly politicized holiday, and we've covered that. Father's Day, you could say the same thing. Oh, well, it's political. No, it's not political at all, unless you have to be on the side of the people who want to cancel Father's Day. And one of the greatest examples of somebody in the public specter, uh, sector sphere, wow, English, who wants to cancel Father's Day is clearly Joe Biden. But do you think for one second that if it had not been for the fact that this made-up holiday of Juneteenth was so close to Father's Day, do you think he would have ever even entertained the notion? No, he would not. The, The whole point behind creating this holiday, and it's created, the Civil War was ended months before, quote unquote, Juneteenth, okay? The, the, the end of slavery had been, the Emancipation Proclamation had been put out, the end of slavery had already occurred. June 19th, has only been recognized as, quote, Juneteenth for, what, three or four years? I mean, honestly, first time I heard about it. And if you're going to sit there and tell me, well, no, it's been recognized as a holiday. No, the fuck it has. No, stop. Stop your bullshit. It has not been recognized as a holiday for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. No. The only reason that it's even brought up right now to become a major holiday is to push Joe Biden's ultra-liberal, ultra-leftist, Ultra anti-white straight male agenda. And of course, with it happening to just be right before Father's Day, let's take all the focus off of Father's Day and put it all on Juneteenth. Folks, the whole reason for the existence of Juneteenth is to take the biggest conceivable shit on Father's Day to take all of the glory away from Father's Day. Not that Father's Day has any glory, not like Mother's Day. I mean, shit, Mother's Day, people go out and they get flowers and huge gifts and jewelry and they 
They go to you know restaurants that have huge buffets. For Father's Day, we end up fucking grilling. You know, think about that. It's Father's Day. It's celebrating fathers. And what do we end up doing? Well, we end up doing all the cooking. That's not going to happen to me tonight, actually. Uh, Carol is doing dinner for us, you know, for myself and for my father-in-law. But I just, I find it hilarious and, and more than a little coincidental. And when you stop and think about it, the whole point in this holiday is because Biden wants to take all the focus off the straight white male contingent in this country. And you, you can't, don't give me that shit that, oh, well, no, Juneteenth means this. It means that it does not mean the end of slavery. We've already covered that. It's a load of horse shit. This is a fake holiday created by a fake government, government, a fake president to highlight a racial issue that only the left continues to push. They're propagating this racism. They're making it worse. And they're doing exactly they're, they're practicing what they preach. They're preaching in racism. But what they're doing is they're practicing it because what they're doing is they're creating these holidays. They're creating these scenarios that push one race against another and push one race above another. And if you're going to sit there and tell people that they're incapable of doing something, that blacks cannot get where they want to be in life because of the color of their skin, or Latinos can't get where they want because of where they came from, uh, that's actually fucking called racism. But anyway, they're using these holidays, this holiday specifically, Juneteenth, to tamp down on Father's Day. And what we need in this country is we need more days like Father's Day. We need more days to celebrate strong American men, men who stand up for the traditional values that made this country the greatest country in the history of the world. Now, if you've ever seen The Shootist, John Wayne's character has three rules he lives by. I will not be laid a hand on. I will not be insulted. I will not be done wrong. I don't do these things to other men, and I expect the same from them. If we could just live by that code, or more to the point, if the libtard asswads out there would let men live by that code, if you would get off our asses about things like hunting and fishing, you would find out that there is actually a, uh, a, an absolute beauty to being a true, according to Hoyle, man in the United States of America. Now, speaking of not giving a man an opportunity to do the things we've been taught to do our entire lives... Here's a little segment that I recorded earlier in the week while I was out, you know, fishing and uh, had a little run in with, uh, well, with a soy boy. Here's what happened. So I was out fishing just now and I, I just left the fishing hole about five minutes ago. So I'm standing there, wetting my line, I'm minding my own goddamn business, and I hear this voice behind me. And it takes about like 10 to 15 seconds to realize this guy is talking to me. And what is he saying? That I'm a barbarian. That fishing is a barbaric practice and that eating meat is evil. He said, you're what's wrong with your generation. You are the definition of toxic masculinity. Are you fucking serious? Now, if you're curious, no, I did not punch the guy in his fucking face. I just kind of stared at him until he did the right thing and walked away. But is this really real life? Did this just happen? Yeah, it happened. Jesus Christ, this is where we're at in society. A practice that is older than civilization itself, and I am, quote, a barbarian for fishing. I don't know how in the fuck I'm supposed to have any faith in the future of the human race.
So here's one for the you cannot make this shit up category. About 20 minutes ago now, I was out fishing, minding my own damn business, had my line in the water, and I hear this voice from behind me. It takes me a couple seconds to realize someone's talking to me, so I turn around, and standing there is this douche-not-wearing moron with a fucking purse pooch, calling me a barbarian because I was fishing. Fishing is a barbaric practice. You're a barbarian. Eating meat is evil. You're what's wrong with your generation. You're the definition of toxic masculinity. All right, I'm fine with that. If I'm the definition of toxic masculinity, just call me Toxic Terry. I'm fucking ecstatic to get a title like that. But it makes you wonder, what kind of a society do we live in when some idiot out of the blue clear sky can come up and insult you and not expect to get his ass kicked? Now, I didn't punch the fucking guy. It wasn't worth it. But I did do, you know, what I thought was the right thing. I just turned around and stared at him until the dumbass just walked away. This is the world we live in now. And, and people wonder why I have no fucking faith in the future generation. So, yeah, that, that actually happened. And I ended up telling everybody about that. You know, my, my family, my, like, all three friends, my coworkers. And everybody finds this absolutely fucking hilarious. And, and I'm actually considering doing some merch based on this. I was thinking of doing a Toxic Barbarian t-shirt. So if anybody out there is interested in pre-ordering, just let me know over on either anchor.fm, leave me a voice message, or, of course, go to the website, join the mailing list, email me, or hit me up at uh, TL underscore Wilkerson on Twitter. But let me know if you want to pre-order, because I think we're really going to go with this shirt. So that was my week so far. And, uh, you know, not to mention... Damn, uh, my job is busy as shit. You know, we're busy as hell. So it's part of why the shows are getting a little bit more sporadic is because I'm just exhausted, ladies and gentlemen. I'm exhausted with the world, too. You know, with everything that's going on with the politics and everything that's going on. And I've spent my life in politics. And often on this show, I'll talk about how I don't want to talk politics, but I always end up doing so. I always end up having to bring up an AOC or a Nancy Pelosi or an Ilhan Omar or uh, 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 Kamala Harris or one of these whack jobs because, you know, somebody's got to actually say, hey, you're an asshole. Somebody out there on the podcast land has to go, no, you're fucking stupid. So I, between the job and everything that's going on in the world, yeah, I'm exhausted, but we're going to keep going and you know, sooner or later, I'm going to get back to a regular format and I'm going to get back to a regular schedule. And uh, speaking of schedules, WWE's Hell in a Cell pay-per-view is scheduled for tonight. And when we come back after this quick break, we're going to run down the card. We're going to talk a little bit of prediction. Okay, we are back now. Uh, as I said, tonight is the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Uh, WWE Hell in a Cell, which, you know, that match... The Hell in a Cell match used to actually mean something. And now it means absolutely jack shit. You know, it, it, it's become an overused pay-per-view. You have the match for a men's title and for a women's title. The whole pay-per-view is named Hell in a Cell. It's lost its luster, much like everything in WWE. But we're going to go real quick down the line here and talk about where I think this pay-per-view is going to go. The 
opening match, or at least the lowest match on the card that they've shown. I highly doubt they're going to do this in in this format, although I do think this is a great opening match. Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. Now, we've talked about this before. Uh, Seth Rollins doesn't need any more. He's done everything he possibly can in WWE. Cesaro has worked his ass off on the indie circuit and Ring of Honor. You name it. He has been the man in professional wrestling. He has a huge following. I am absolutely one of those followers. And I think it would be beneficial to WWE from a storytelling standpoint for Seth to put Cesaro over. And, and I mean cleanly and with the swing and the gotch pile driver. I mean, obviously, Rollins is going to get his shit in. He's going to get a stomp with a false finish. I just think this match has to end with Cesaro winning it. There's any other booking, and it has to be a clean finish. Any other booking is just going to destroy not only Cesaro, but I think it's going to destroy Seth Rollins' credibility in terms of being able to get other guys over. Second on the card is Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn, again, has to go over in this one. There is a... These guys have been working together for, what, 15 years throughout the Indies, PWG, Ring of Honor, and now WWE, NXT as well. Sami Zayn, as the heel in this one, if you want to keep this program going, a program that's lasted for 10, 15 years, the heel has to go over, and there has to be a reason for the babyface to keep coming back. So Zane has to go over, and he has to go over. He plays the cowardly heel, so he has to cheat to win. And that's the only real way that Kevin Owens has a reason to come back after him next week on WWE TV. Shayna Baszler versus Alexa Bliss. I'm not really familiar because I've missed the last couple of Raws, but I'm not really familiar with what's going on with this. I I don't understand. I mean, I looked it up, and I still don't really understand the storyline, but hey. Um, look for Shayna Baszler to go over because WWE doesn't realize Alexa Bliss is the best fucking thing in the women's division right now overall, considering they've forgotten Bailey exists. And unfortunately, you know, um, uh, Rhea Ripley and uh, Sasha Banks are just they're right now. They're just being portrayed as jokes. Speaking of Rhea Ripley, she's going to be defending the women's title against Charlotte Flair, the Raw women's title. If you think there's any outcome to this match other than Charlotte Flair winning the belt, I'm sorry. Charlotte really is her dad's daughter. She's going to be, what, probably a 47, 48-time women's champion by the time she retires. Look for her to win tonight. Hell in a Cell match for the SmackDown women's title, Bailey versus Bianca Belair. I want to believe Bailey's going to win this match, but in my heart I know Bianca Belair is going to win. Belair is incredibly talented. I'm not taking anything away from her. I just don't think she is ready to be the face of the company, the face of the women's division. Bailey has been that. Yeah, I said a minute ago, you know, she's basically being portrayed as a joke. Um, she's been the face of the women's division in WWE since, what, 2013. And she really, she should be the one going over, but I just have this deep down, deep-seated feeling that Bianca Belair is going to go over. And speaking of fear of who's going over, Hell in a Cell match for the WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley. With the stipulation, if McIntyre loses, he'll never be able to challenge Lashley again for the WWE title. Now, typically when this type of stipulation is pushed out there, the babyface ends up going over. If this were a typical booking, it's far from a typical booking. This is 2021 WWE. 
So look for, unfortunately, Bobby Lashley to go over. And I don't dislike Bobby Lashley. I just think he is as boring as watching paint dry as far as a champion goes. He's got a great look. He's got in-ring skills. But he cannot get me to care about his character. And he can't get heat from me either. He's that boring. And even the master of the hype promo, MVP, cannot get me interested in the character of Bobby Lashley. So there is your WWE Hell in a Cell preview. We'll check back, and hopefully I'm wrong on a couple of these matches. But as usual, I really don't think so. SmackDown, by the way, not to um, brush past it, but SmackDown, Roman Reigns beats Rey Mysterio in a Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, uh, that's a sentence that just came out of my mouth because Rey Mysterio, again, I've never been a huge Rey Mysterio fan. A lot of respect for him, just not a fan of the character. Same thing with Roman Reigns. That's... they, they moved the Hell in a Cell match from the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view to last night's, or I should say Friday night's SmackDown, not last night. That's two days ago now. And the reports are it was basically just, you know, babyface shine and then heat comeback, heel wins. Okay? You know, I can really live without both Roman Reigns and Rey Mysterio. Dominic Mysterio storyline out for a while. Who cares? I, I I'm sorry. Dominic has not gotten that that you know uh he, he's not gonna get a pop from me dominic just doesn't have the shine that a baby face needs to have doesn't even have the shine that his dad has i mean that's pretty damn pathetic and finally in the world of well wwe anyway slow news cycle <laughs> the former iconics peyton royce and billy Kay have filed a trademark with the u.s patent office to be known as The Inspiration, Cassie Lee and Jessica McKay. They have filed this trademark for merchandising purposes. Okay. Um, Yeah, sure. Anyway, uh, slow news cycle for WWE. We're going to be back in just one second with a little bit more sports talk, and then we're going to wrap this one up. All right. I don't know if you heard about this one, but the Reds-Padres game, uh, this was yesterday's game, I believe. Uh, Joey Votto was thrown out in the first inning, and it was on. He, he was called out on a check swing that was appealed to third base umpire Chris Guccione. Yeah, right there, that tells you the call is going to be wrong. And I've seen the swing. To me, he checked his swing. I, he, he did not go, but he gets called out. Ryan addition. He then proceeds to lose his shit and get thrown out of the game. Well, the problem. This happens all the time, right? Well, the problem is there was a six-year-old girl by the name of Abigail Courtney who was in the stands in San Diego to watch her favorite player, Joey Votto. Her mother is a lifelong Reds fan living in L.A., trying to raise her kids to be a Reds fan. And Abigail Courtney was there to see Joey Votto and was visibly upset when Votto got thrown out of the game. Well, her mother, of course, tweeted this, and the Reds organization got word of it. And within a few innings, an arrangement was made. And Abigail Courtney received a ball autographed by Joey Votto that read, I am sorry I did not play the entire game. Now, I've always had a lot of respect for the Reds organization, even during the Marge shot years. But this just really goes to show that there are players left in this game who understand the impact that a player can have on the fans. So to the entire Reds organization, to Joey Votto himself, good on you. I mean, that's class. That's what a classy organization does. Um, Wow. 
So, Joey Votto, Cincinnati Reds, you're like the heroes of the day right now. And on that note, we are actually going to wrap this episode up. Thank you for joining me here. This has been the Terry Wilkerson Show, a production of of 1975 Podcast Productions, a division of 1028 Media. Go to www.terrywilkerson.com for more information. Don't forget to join the mailing list. Find us on Twitter and MeWe. And just about, no, that's just about it. And we're going to get into that on our next episode. So find us online or, of course, contact me at terry at terrywilkerson.com. Find us wherever you download your fine podcast content, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our home platform, Anchor.fm, and literally any damn where you download podcasts. Don't forget, if you're on iTunes, leave us a five-star rating, like, share, and subscribe. And we will see you next time on The Terry Wilkerson Show, till all are one.